0: Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. everyone welcome to our second half of our durham va history podcast this is dr caputo one of the hospitalists at the va and i have the distinct pleasure today of getting to speak to dr marvin rosier dr rosier is an associate professor emeritus in the department of neurology and himself a vietnam veteran he received his medical degree from duke and also completed his neurology training there Shortly after finishing his training, he served as a physician in Vietnam, caring for allies, enemies, and civilians alike. He currently rounds at the Durham VA on the Neurology Consult Service and is a regular Medicine Grand Rounds attendee and has been kind enough to join us today. Thank you for being here, Dr. Rozier. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, in case you hadn't noticed, I'm getting kind (laughs) of old. That's the main thing you need to know. (laughs) So if you think you're talking to a young person, you probably need to put your glasses back on.
0: (laughs) Age is only a number, I would say. And Dr. Rozier is a wealth of knowledge, not just about neurology, but also about the Durham VA, which is why he's uh, been invited to speak with us today and why he's kindly agreed. So tell me a little bit about how long you've practiced at the Durham VA and why you've stayed.
1: Well, I, I set foot in the VA first about 1963 when I was a med student. And I was in and out of the VA as a student, and an intern, and a resident until 1970. And I was several places after that. And then I came back to Duke in 1984. And so I was mostly at Duke, working in the PDC. uh, But also, I would uh, have uh, things to do at the VA, so I crossed the street several times. I've been full-time at the VA since 2002. So I've been 99% of what I do now for the last, what, 17 years has been at the VA.
0: Wow. So we learned from the first half of this two-part podcast series that the VA was built in the 50s, so you've almost been there since the beginning.
1: It's, it breaks my heart, but that's true. <laughs> it's, it really is, Yeah
0: it must have changed a great deal since you've been here
1: um it hadn't changed physically a lot of course it's gotten bigger there's a whole lot more parking not enough but a whole lot more parking decks and Mm -hmm. stuff uh just walking around there's 7a and 8a and 8b and i mean the, the physical part hadn't changed a whole lot uh like i say it's gotten bigger uh technically it's about like everywhere else we got an MRI scanner about like like everybody else and so all the stuff that we do there is pretty much what we do at Duke which was pretty much the same you know 60 years ago or whatever it is Uh, the big difference that I see just walking around taking care of people is the population of people we're taking care of so When I was a student and an intern and resident, most of our veterans were World War II veterans, which they were born in the 20s. So we were talking about most of our patients were like in their 40s. It's not like that at all now. Mm. Most of our patients now are in their 70s or even 80s. And so in taking care of a bunch of 40-year-old people versus a bunch of 70 and 80-year-old people, there's a world of difference. Uh, Also, (laughs) the VA is different in that most of our population is male. Uh, I don't know what percent you may know is female.
0: Yeah, I think that one out of every nine veterans in the state of North Carolina is a female.
1: Do they come to the VA hospital? That's what I don't know.
0: Yeah, so about 25% of the veterans that can use the VA services actually do use them, but that number is going up every year. We're having more females every year, and also the general population, although older than the average population, is getting younger every year as well. We're seeing a lot of Iraqi war operation during freedom <coughs> patients now as well. And the Durham VA has the OEF, OIF clinic right. that has a decent amount of draw to those veterans as well.
1: Well, especially doing neurology, we see an awful lot of elderly people. Sure. And so that population has changed for us since the 60s sure. know, kind of thing. Yeah. So that, that's the main change I see is the kind of problems we see which are problems of 70-year-old people kind of thing.
0: Yeah, sure. Now, you yourself are a veteran, right, Dr. Rocher? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, Do you want to share just a little bit briefly about what you did in Vietnam? (coughs)
1: Um, I went there as a board-eligible neurologist. I'd finished my neurology residency, and I finished it on July 1st, 1970, and I was in a uniform two weeks later. Wow. Uh, And they sent me to uh, Da Nang, Vietnam, which is the big city at the north end of Vietnam. The capital is about 1,000 miles south in Saigon. And so it's a long, skinny country that stretches out for a long ways. And so we were at a place called the 95th Avac Hospital, which was the big hospital for the whole north end of Vietnam. And in the process, we took care of hundreds of thousands or millions of people that were uh, military, U.S. military, other militaries. We took care of Vietnamese. We took care of Vietnamese POWs. We took care of lots of civilians. And we pretty much offered the same care no matter where you came from or what you did. The POWs had to be segregated on a locked unit kind of thing, but mm-hmm. otherwise we treated them just like we treated everybody else. Yeah. Um, and most of us were just finished, uh, we were fresh out of our training. And as such, we were all kind of eager, fresh kids that were learning the business, And which was entirely different for me. Uh, when, when I was in all my training up until then, if I needed help, I could just walk around the corner and get help. When I got there, there was nobody to help me. Wow. Now, I worked closely with a bunch of radiologists and neurosurgeons and internists and stuff like that. But when it came down to a tough neurology problem, I was on my own. And so it was a kind of sink or swim kind of thing. And I hate to say this, but I kind of grew up there. I learned how to to deal with stuff. When, you, when the chips are down, you just have to do something and you hope it's right.
0: What kind of resources did you have out there? Well,
1: the CT didn't hit the streets till 75, and mm. I was there in 1970 and 71. Gotcha. So there wasn't any such thing. So we just had plain x-rays. Okay. We could do arteriograms. They were real primitive, but you could stick a needle in an artery and push in some contrast and see the vessels. Yeah. We also did something called uh, pneumoencephalograms. So if you really wanted to take a picture of the inside of the brain, you did an LP and bubbled a bunch of air in there and that shows the ventricles and everything.
0: Oh dear, is that still a practice that we use, Dr. Rozier? No. No. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thank goodness for that. (laughs) That went away in the
1: late 70s when CT and MRI really got going.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: and otherwise, we just had the usual stuff, you know, le- the same, pretty much the same lab tests and everything else. Sure. The the big deal is we were real uh, collegial, almost, and we would have regular meetings where people would present an interesting case of this or that. We'd go to the ENT, the doctor would talk about something, and then the internist would talk about something else. And it was almost like a continuation of your education, kind of like. And yeah. we were teaching each other. And so...
0: And it was multidisciplinary.
1: Yeah. Wow. And we even had gynecologists. We had OBGYN there. We didn't have any pediatricians. But uh, it was, it, it, we taught each other, and it, it was the most interesting year of my life, basically. Yeah. And so I, I think, I hate to say it, but I feel like I grew up there. Kind of
0: thing. Yeah, I understand. Did you take some of that with you when you came back to use? to to practice at the VA
1: well to the extent that I grew up you know I was a cell I was a I was on I was on my own for a year so I that attitude and the 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 tricks I learned while I was there I brought those back and uh, you you also hit learn how to interact with your colleagues you learn how to interact with people I learned how to interact with patients that I had to go through an interpreter mm. to deal with and stuff like that. So, I learned I learned just a whole lot, and I brought all that back.
0: Yeah, yeah. And has that impacted the way that you interact with the patients at the Durham VA?
1: Uh, yeah, but it's again, it's that's hard to uh, really describe. I, I try to be nice to people. I try to let them talk and, you know, tell their problem. I try to deal with them in a way that they can understand.
0: Well, how about your being a veteran? Do you feel that being a veteran changes the way that you are able to care for the patients at the Durham VA?
1: Yeah, they're all veterans, of course. And uh, they have, I've got a little Vietnam tag here kind of thing. And a lot of them notice that. And there are just a whole lot of Vietnam veterans here, people in their 60s and 70s. And a lot of them notice that, and it's kind of like meeting an old fraternity brother from college or something like that. I mean, we're kind of like buddies, you know. So you've got a bond when you just walk in the room kind of thing. Yeah. And the veterans like that. I think they kind of warm up to you. They trust you a little more. You know, some of them hate you because they didn't like they were, you know, there was a strong anti-Vietnam sentiment, but most of the veterans don't feel that way. So, you know, their wives might, but <laughs> they, it, it's, it's, a, it's a positive kind of thing.
0: Yeah. That community feeling that you had, that yeah. you described when you were in Vietnam... A lot of the veterans, when they talk about what they like about the Durham VA, one of the things that they say is the community that they feel when they physically come to the building.
1: It's like a big fraternity. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Even
0: when they're admitted to the hospital, you know, having a roommate that they can talk to oftentimes is one of the best parts of the experience. It's kind of like
1: coming home. It's amazing. Yeah. So that's a plus for the VA, and I think that's why a lot of them keep coming back.
0: Yeah. Do you feel that way every time you go to work?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm in in my home again. it's weird. That's I can't awesome. explain it.:
0: That's awesome. yeah. And those of us who are not veterans are very privileged to be a part of that.
1: Oh, I think everybody that works there is privileged to work with veterans.
0: I could not agree more. yeah. Um, can I ask you since you some of your training was at the VA in addition to Duke, yeah. before you even went to Vietnam? was there something that you learned from working with the Durham VA population or in the Durham VA that you think you couldn't have learned anywhere
1: else? Basically, the Durham VA is part of Duke. Sure. Doctors that work at the Durham VA have an appointment of some kind at Duke. And so really working as an intern and as a resident at the VA was very much like working at Duke kind of thing. I I can't separate that out, you know, I For some reason, my first year of my internship, I was not a very good intern.
0: (laughs) I'm sure that's not true.
1: Dr. Stead (laughs) called me in one day in December and told me that. The next six months, (laughs) I was mostly at the VA, and I loved it. And I can't explain why. Uh, It doesn't make any sense right now. I've never figured out why. But I enjoyed the last year, the last six months of my internship a lot.
0: Is is that part of the reason you think you've stayed long-term? Is that enjoyment and that connection?
1: I don't know. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. There's a lot of things that happen to me that I can't explain. They don't make any sense at all. It's irrational. It you know.
0: doesn't have to make sense. That's okay. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any advice for incoming medical trainees yeah. who are about to round at the Durham VA?
1: This is not just the VA the the, the VA it's a, it's got a different tempo but it's really Duke and it's, the, the procedures are a little different the administration's a little different it's but it works great and if you can get used to the uh style and the tempo you're gonna love it I mean it's okay mm-hmm. uh I, I I do have advice in general uh the main thing the residents and all that are coming in, they, uh, they're most of them are not differentiated, and they're looking kind of for a specialty to wind up in. And my main advice about that is to choose something that's fun. Mm-hmm. I stayed at the VA because it's since 2002, when I came over there. It's it's the only job I've had where I consistently look forward to coming to work. Other everything else I've done in the past, you know. I've... I didn't consistently look forward to getting there. You know, you have good days and bad days and everything like that. Since I've been at the VA, I consistently look forward to going in there. Yeah. And that's mainly because I enjoy hanging out with the young people. Mm-hmm. They teach me more than I teach them. And we just have, we teach each other, and it's a good time. I love it. Uh, so find something that you look forward. If you can look forward to going to work, you're, you're going to, you're a doctor, you're going to make a good living, you're going to be comfortable, you're never going to starve. So the money is not, don't let money be the main thing. Yeah. Another thing is, like I say, you're not going to get a whole lot of money. If if you do want to be rich, do like my mother said, and that's marry up. <laughs> if you can marry up, you'll probably, that's a good way to be rich sure. and do what you like to. So.
0: Got it. Okay. All right. Thank you so much to Dr. Marvin Rozier for taking the time to speak with me today and help out the medicine residents as they join their uh, their colleagues before them who've rounded at the Durham VA. I love it, um, and I can tell that people who've been here for a long time love it just as much, so they're, they should be excited for the work that they're going to do for the next few years.
1: Uh, I'm sure they will. Really. It's great. Yeah.
0: Thank Thanks. you so much for your time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And as always... The views and opinions stated during this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Veterans Health Administration or the Durham VA.